Uh, I'm pretty sure, doesn't Crash Bandicoot actually have a brother named Crunch? Wait. <laughs> Crunch Bandicoot? I want to say he does. And Crunch I, Bandicoot. Crunch Bandicoot. Yeah, Bandicoot. It's, wait, this is a thing. Munch Bandicoot. It's, there's, it's Crunch Bandicoot. Crunch Bandicoot's a real <laughs> Yep, Crunch He's Bandicoot's a real, a real thing. Wow. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Everything in Potteration, because sometimes the internet can be too much. I am Robert, and I am the best game of the year. <laughs> you're you're something, certainly. Um, I'm Daily, and uh, I'm I'm a street kid. <laughs> Don't mess with me. <laughs> I, I thought that I thought there was going to be any ellipses there. <laughs> I was just waiting. I was saying, like, I, I was saying more? it the way that street kids say it, right? I'm I cool guess. that way. Yeah, you guys just aren't in it. I, I'm I'm Colin Sparling, and I'm I'm crunchier than a Nestle Crunch bar. Yeah. You could call him Captain Crunch. Some might yeah. say, like the cereal. Yeah. Get That's it? That's a street kid name. Listen, all I'm yeah. saying is Robert. The only reason Robert's saying he's the game of the year is because he he played himself. All right, I did. Oh, I'm always played playing myself. Oh, always. Congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah. Uh, Off the top, of course, Happy New Year to everyone out there. It is New Year's Eve if you're listening to this. And if you are listening to this on New Year's Eve, I would say, what are you doing? But you shouldn't be outside anyway. So we hope you we hope you enjoy this old Lang Seinfeld uh, New Year's Eve special. Where we're going to talk about something really sad. Crunch. In any other year. In any other year. Would you be sitting alone in your room listening to podcasts on New Year's Eve? <laughs> Is this y- year yes. like the yeah, yeah, exception? Yes. Yeah. Because then it sounds like there's actually people with me. Yeah, don't don't make as opposed don't to make, being alone. Don't make fun of us, Colin. <laughs> Just because you have friends and can I... go out on New Year's. <laughs> Can't relate, dude. <laughs> Dude, I'll probably be listening to my PlayStation podcast or the fucking, I don't know, maybe Joe Rogan or something on New Year's Eve, like every uh, other sad sap. Now, now Joe Rogan owes us money because we shielded his podcast. <laughs> we, dude, we, were so, we were so kind to lift up his name. You Listen, you can't be sanctioned a podcast unless you evoke the name Joe Rogan on sure. your podcast at some point. What's this dark ritual? <laughs> <laughs> So this is going to be a very video game focused episode because this has been a very interesting year for video games. There's been a lot of controversies like The Last of Us Part 2 and just kind of everything related to that, uh, which we did an episode on few few what feels like a few years back. But I promise you, it was just weeks. It was only a few weeks ago we did it. What? I know. Um, but today we're going to talk about Crunch because this year has been an interesting story where one game... The Last of Us 2 was crunched super duper hard, super fucking hard, horribly so, but it swept the Game Awards. The critical consensus among game critics and fans is that it was a good enough game for us to give it a fake award that, you know, I guess matters. Mm. Uh, 
And then on the other hand, we had Cyberpunk 2077, which just came out a few weeks ago, uh, and it was crunched also super hard, even though CDPR said we're never going to crunch. We're not going to do that. Yeah, more on that later. But they crunched hard as well, and we got a buggy mess on launch. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. So The Last of Us Part 2... I think that um, it has stirred up a lot of conversation about Crunch specifically because it also won not only Game of the Year, which I think we all kind of expected to happen, Mm -hmm. but Best Game Direction, which is an inherent award to the way that production was managed and production was managed with a whole lot of Crunch. So yeah. it seems to be an almost implicit endorsement of Crunch. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. the best. So I just wanted to make sure we're clear on that too. So like uh according according to the game awards, the, the game award for the best direction is given for quote outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. So it's left pretty vague. It doesn't necessarily rest on the whole like this has to do directly with how a game development is managed. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, I, I don't know if that means like, we're kind of stretching the definition a little bit. Cause I know there was that Kotaku article about how like, you know, games made under crunch don't necessarily deserve awards like this. Um, and I, I understand where they're coming from, but like, I don't know if the, this is because they're actually stretching this definition definition a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. Um, I mean, cause Here's the thing, right? With the game awards, it's not like the um, what's the one for the movies, the Grammys, the Tonys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. the Tonys. You got yeah. it. Yeah, of yeah, course. The no, Dundies. The, yeah, the Dundies. Thank you. No, though, <laughs> like the Oscars, right? It's not like there is Best Picture, but there's also like Best Main Actor in a movie and Best Main Actress, Best Director, Best Cinematographer, or uh, mm-hmm. f- Director of Photography, right? Like that sort of stuff. Like we highlight individuals in the movie industry but in the games industry there isn't really like a best project manager award right Right. and if there were naughty dog should not ever be on it is is the vibe i'm getting from it right what well if you want to be specific about it they shouldn't because they don't have project managers and naughty dog that's yeah that's everyone's their own manager (laughs) or producer is what i believe the quote was Mm -hmm. that's that's Uh, the culture there yeah. But let's let's zoom out a bit here in case I don't know if you if you the audience have been sleeping on the games industry for a while or perhaps if you're the kind of person who uh, thinks there shouldn't be politics in my games and doesn't want to talk about the business behind how games are made. I mean, you're probably not listening to our show anyway, yeah. but but crunch is such an anomaly, I think, in the games industry in that most other industries aren't known or aren't defined by their crunch whereas the games industry it's kind of in the same breadth if you're talking about it from a business perspective right like you don't hear too much about like like fast food if you're you're if you're working the register at a fast food joint like it sucks because it sucks it doesn't suck because you're being overworked and no one knows how to manage you and you're working 60 hours a week that kind of stuff right it's just it's a job 
Well, I mean, the crunch isn't only in the games industry. The crunch is everywhere in, in any well, sort of in yeah. industry to a degree. But crunch is synonymous with the games industry when they, when they get down to the wire to the end to the point where they're wrapping getting ready to wrap up production but they need to hit a deadline usually there's a period where everyone on the team is working extra hours sometimes dozens of extra hours on a weekly basis double shifts what have you um to make sure that their part of the game gets finished uh, by that deadline and they can hit it and the game comes out and woohoo it, it sold a lot of it and made a lot of money and blah 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 um, so yeah, I mean, that's, it's basically what crunch is in the industry and it's been happening for decades at this point. And every so often it, it like goes away for a little bit and then it comes back out after like, usually it has to do with like a big triple a project. Um, but yeah, it, it's never gone away. It's maybe been alleviated to a degree, maybe not as quite widespread. I think there's been efforts to combat against it, but mm for the most part it's very it's very real and it's probably going to be a long time before it stops being a thing something that always struck me before there was more like prolific interviews with uh people from studios that had been crunching really hard on these big triple a games like uh red dead redemption 2 like the last of us part 2 um previously i think there was the idea that crunch was like it's just something that's going to happen at like the tail end of a game's production and we're just going to get as many bug fixes as we can get in possible and it's going to be tough for like maybe six months when in actuality we find out that sometimes studios will crunch like this year is going to be a crunch year next year's we're going to take it a little easier next year after that's another crunch year years crunching months and months and months of like this life interrupting work you can't do other things while that's going on and that's not to say that that doesn't happen in other industries but to to have to have that expectation like i might have to put everything else in my life on hold for a year because of my work and yeah i think it's fair to point out too right that crunch affects the different parts of any studio differently, right? Marketing is going to crunch differently or at different times than, say, developers or, mm. you know, other folks. I, I don't really know. I don't know how a game studio works, whatever. But, you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> the QA testers. The people. The people. The people. The proletariat. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, the, gonna... the artists, the coders, the combat programmers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's going to affect each department differently, right? But nonetheless... It's still going to be a widespread enough problem where you can say that studio is crunching. For example, Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog is a studio that crunched really hard to give us The Last of Us Part Two, the Abby and Ellie experience. Mm. Can that just be the extended title from now on? Yeah, totally. So when we look at The Last of Us Part Two, you know, if we disregard all of the really shitty uh, discourse surrounding the game about its narrative and uh, the way it handles some of its characters and how Joel goes to play golf for a while, uh, if we disregard all of that, right? I think it's fair to say that it is a competently made game. Like you play it and the way you experience it, you feel like this is the way the directors and producers at Naughty Dog intended for me to experience it. I didn't run into mm. many bugs. There wasn't any weird like, what's that texture? What's that glitch? Right? It it ran pretty smoothly. 
how about with oh, you two? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. It was it was a damn polished experience. It's um, like, damn, look at all these textures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, the Naughty Dog puts out a, a level of quality and polish that I think the only other equal is really Nintendo. Um, like like you you don't really get jank in a Mario game or a Zelda game. It just mm-hmm. kind of works, you know. Mm-hmm. It tries um, to exceed your expectations. Right. And so Na- Na- Naughty Dog is definitely up there near or if not in that echelon, along with, I'm sure, some others that I'm forgetting. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Naughty Dog's you know, catalog, right? Like, I can't think of an Uncharted game that launched and everyone was like, this is a buggy mess. Mm-hmm. Right. Like right. any of the criticisms levied at Naughty Dog games were about the way its systems were executed or the story right or the graphics not because of graphical bugs but just you know oh i may i might not have liked the way that looked right none of the criticisms about naughty dog games are rooted in because it's an unfinished product mm-hmm. right yeah because it's unfinished because it's ugly because there's you know it doesn't run well N- none of that is ever a thing mm-hmm. yeah. and the reason it's a finished product is because the developers worked their asses off and never met their families again ever what was the quote it was it was someone specific it was like great place to work at but you'll never go home the dog house is your home yeah so naughty dog is definitely like there have been reports of crunch happening for months on end even as far back as the middle of last year um that being 2019 uh Mm. and people reporting working 60 70 80 hours um, I've saw some like single-handed like anonymous reports where like a couple of different individuals gave different perspectives where like yeah like you're expected to crunch and upper management if they don't see you you know putting hard work in then you're fired. Mm. Um, other people d- different like are different. Some people are say like you know I leave at five every day and like I don't feel bad about it and it whatever they just go about their day. Um, and so like the, I've noticed that the experience varies pretty heavily, but there are consistently reports that crunch is happening. Um, and it's definitely the sort of crunch where it's like, you get the eyes across the room, sort of like if you're leaving at five sort of thing, it's not so much explicitly like, Hey guys, we need to be working a hundred hours this week. And Mm. if you don't adhere to that, you're fired. It's more so like, Oh, other people in my team or my department they're staying until seven, eight o'clock every day. I would, I would look like an ass if I didn't, you know what right. I'm saying? So, um, and that's to circle back to, to what we we're talking about earlier. Naughty Dog doesn't have producers. <laughs> so there's not one necessarily breathing deck your ne- down your neck and keeping you within budget and on time either. Um, mm-hmm. So that presents its own issues, which is probably a good reason or a good cause of a lot of this crunch that they're experiencing because they don't have a lot of time management happening. Right. And what's so tricky about planning, I mean, really any project, right? Not just games, but any is your scope, right? Like you can set out and like if you wrote the script for The Last of Us 2, you know, it'd probably be like a couple thousand pages in paper, but then you have that plan and it's set and like, okay, I know how the story is going to go. But then you develop the first level and then you realize 
oh, wait, that's like a fun thing we can implement throughout the story. Or maybe you figure out an interesting thing with your gun mechanics and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe we can like gamify that a bit more. Maybe like there are weapon mods in the game and now there's crafting involved because we got to make the mods fun somehow. We got to give people a reason to mash triangle everywhere, right? Like it, it's all feature creep where eventually the things that they didn't plan for from the beginning are suddenly thought of as these new game defining moments throughout the story. Mm. Yeah. And then you're still like, but we still got to hit that deadline of uh, what was the initial release date? Like February, 2020, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then they realize like, Oh wait, we didn't factor in for like the fact that we had to develop all these other things and QA test them and et cetera. Mm -hmm. Right. You're yeah. you're wind up putting out a lot of fires. It's like we're working on the new thing, working on the new thing, working on the new thing. But the the actual work that you had originally expected to do is still there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And from what I was reading about the way Naughty Dog works, too. So from like the outset of a project, the interesting thing about Naughty Dog is that right from the outset, it's writers and developers working right alongside each other, whereas in in most other development studios it's like you're creating the game first right the gameplay and you come up with like a gameplay loop and then you're kind of writing around that and then building from there later on Mm. um so naughty dog keeps a full staff of writers on the entire development process of a game pre-pro into production and then post-pro um and so so that runs into the issue of now you're playing a game of studio-wide ping-pong <laughs> where everyone is, like, hitting the ball back and forth constantly and shit over here is changing. And there's, like, five games going on all at once because here in the department, since we don't have a producer, these two writers are going back and forth. These two these two programmers are going back and forth about the source code, and these two art directors are going back and forth Whew. about the concept art or the assets that they're making. And mm-hmm. so next thing you know, you have all of this shit happening and everyone may or may not tell everyone everything. Next thing you know, and this actually happened, they're set back three weeks. They just yeah. ate that three weeks worth of time. Yeah. So it's just, it sounds chaotic to me on paper, but they claim to say, they claim that it works. <laughs> no, it sounds it, like it, a nightmare. It sounds like it just, a it just works. total nightmare. No, it yeah. just works, guys. Does it work, though? Does it, just it works. Does it work? Because... Yeah. I, we, we, you know, we keep saying, you know, The Last of Us Part Two, this beautiful, wonderful, very, very polished game. And yes, I will, I will put all those uh, assurances. It is a beautiful and well-polished game. You know, it's not a very beautiful and well-polished game. I'm very sorry to have discovered. Ooh. Yeah. Cyberpunk 2077 oh, is no. not Ooh. as shiny as I wanted it to be. Man, 57 years in the making and it's still not shiny, huh? Still not shiny. That game was announced enough. in 2012, y'all. 8 years. No, probably more than that cuz there's no way they would announce something many, if many. You know. Oh, yeah. Many, many years and still crunch. They Wait. But daily, I've been in a coma for 7 years, but the last oh. thing I remember was CD Project Red saying they would never crunch. Yeah. They said that, and then a company-wide oh. email got leaked saying, like, hey, we got a crunch. Make oh. sure to come in at least one day on the weekend. Oh. Yeah. It's super, it's super unfortunate. It really sucks that they ended up having, having to crunch like they did. And, and the thing is, the ways that Cyberpunk came out, like, I don't obviously have any first-hand information 
as to like this being the reason why but it i would venture to guess that it wasn't the developers like the, the you know the engineers the artists the the the, the uh fucking writers like i doubt it was their fault that Mm-mm. shit happened the way it did i I'm, i almost guarantee you it was a corporate publisher slash like shareholder thing i i was gonna ask out. like is it is it because of how shitty everyone's attitudes were toward delays it's got to play I, a hand i think that plays a hand if i had to guess uh part of what plays a hand too is i mean Consider if they did meet their November 19th uh, launch window, which keep in mind was their second and or third launch window. I forget how many delays there have been. There's several um, this year. I think five. Has it been yeah, five? It was initially April and then September and then November and then December. Yes. Is that right? Is that five? Yes. That's four. Four. So November, like imagine if it did come out in November right mm-hmm. and and remember november they were like this is it guys no more delays swear to cyber god this is it and <laughs> swear to cyber god and that's nine days after the ps5 came out ps2 came out like my brain's weird today the ps5 came out ps Vita came ago. out the uh, or no seven days ago and then the xbox series x came out nine days ago like what a great time mm-hmm. and right before the holidays right before mm-hmm. christmas shopping oh mm. beautiful but we have to delay and they delayed it by a month right december 10th and at that point i'm willing to bet that's when the corporate and or business people in that company and around that company had to put their foot down and be like we are not missing out on that holiday shopping spree you better get that goddamn game out or else yeah they they jacked them in like net runners everyone's consciousness in their Mm -hmm. pcs (laughs) Yeah, I mean, listen, you guys, you, I mean, all of you out there, even if you're not a gamer, you don't have to look that hard at the PS4 and Xbox One versions of this game and be like, oof, like that's that's not good, yeah. you know, it, it, and so imagine the developers in that situation, you know what I'm saying? They're like, they're probably like approaching that November, the original November deadline and they're like, like, listen, shareholder person, corporate people. Uh, we're working on like the Xbox and PS4 is we're just not it's just not going to be ready it's just not going to be good and they're like listen best we can do is like December sometime like early <laughs> early mid December and, and even then that's clearly not enough no right? they're they, no. I guarantee you it was like, like they asked I'm, for more time and they couldn't yeah. get it like I'm on PC and I've just kind of uh accepted that i'm gonna hear like random screaming and see people t-posing in the background like there's just certain parts of the game i can't rely on functioning at any one time um Mm. and i've accepted that i'm playing it do i think that should have happened no you mean (laughs) you don't you don't cry every time you think about the game and you look at your tower while it's off and just be like (sighs) excuse me my cyberpunk machine that's all it is now. It's just cyberpunk. There, there were those people, weren't there? Of people, mm-hmm. they were like, "I've been, I've been, I've had my life on hold. I'm not yeah, going to my- live until I can be a cyberpunk." The one true <laughs> my whole cyberpunk. life is centered around this moment. <laughs> and you know, something I just thought of: Could you fucking imagine being a QA person for cyberpunk, specifically for Stadia? Could you 
fucking imagine that. Because here's the thing. I hear on Stadia, it runs fairly well, right? Because, I mean, yeah. it's it's Google's machines and they have state-of-the-art whatever the fucks. Uh, so it's just about your internet connection at that point, right? So could Ooh. you imagine being on the Stadia QA team for Cyberpunk and thinking, man, I, I probably should really be testing this on the last-gen console, huh? Like, yeah. or it needs it. Yeah, that's the thing, dude, is the QA team. I feel so terrible for the QA team because they're going to get lambasted. But the, mm. the fact of the matter is, is if you're on the QA team, <laughs> you're like you're like the guy up in like the crow's nest on the Titanic with the binoculars. And you're like, you see the fucking iceberg. You, you see, see the iceberg and you run down to the captain. You're like, hey, hey, like captain guy, like there's an iceberg. Captain Crunch, like, there's an iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> captain Crunch, we should probably like steer the ship maybe a little bit to the left so we don't hit this iceberg. And yeah. and he's just got like earmuffs on. <laughs> like, well, I'm sorry, la la la, can't hear you. This is the course we set, guys. We can't. And and the earmuffs are made of just straight up dollars, just hundred dollar yeah. bills, oh just shoved into his ears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Cyberpunk is something that I am so continuously fascinated by. Not because the game, because the game is just okay, but the everything around it, because it is legitimately the biggest game for the past decade right mm -hmm. like it was mm -hmm. the one thing everyone knew like i had co-workers at my day job that is nowhere near video game related who would ask me hey what's up with that cyberpunk thing like people fucking know about cyberpunk it's the biggest deal on the planet which is why i'm thinking look i get the whole christmas rush i know that's a big deal and whatever but you could potentially have the next gta 5 in your hands people will buy it if you release it they will purchase yep end of doesn't matter when you could release it like in on a monday morning at 8 a.m any day of the week really at 8 a.m still gonna buy it would buy it people would buy the shit out of it still gonna it buy just, it. that's what the shareholders were thinking we can release it when it's not finished guys and uh people will still buy it and guess what eight million copies in pre-orders mm -hmm. yeah i was the eight same million copies you just you already have it sitting on pre-order they i'm right. sure you know there there was data on how many people that have just been sitting on pre-order or relying to sit on pre-order since the thing was announced yeah and the thing is like even if they release the game in a broken state like it is now they had those eight million pre-orders and they're even after the fact they're offering refunds now but they made that money that money is yeah. made and they're going to continue to patch the game and the game's going to sell more copies especially after the game's polished exactly and that's that's yeah. what makes me so fucking angry about this right is because that's what everyone's saying i mean it, it started off as don't worry the day one patch will fix it it didn't and then don't <laughs> worry they'll fix it eventually i'm sure they will but then is the story oh cdpr they're so gracious they fixed their shitty game that released on a broken <laughs> state like that shouldn't be the fucking story at yeah. all the story should be they released a shit product because they knew you're a dumb goddamn idiot who will buy it because you believe the hype and then maybe they'll fix it in the future but they're not obligated to they're just doing it so that way you'll buy the witcher 4 in five years because that yeah absolutely and that's people are going it. to people exactly. are going to because that's the thing is it's so ironic too that you know, CDPR has been termed as like more of a, a, a generous studio, like, you know, blood and wine. That was huge, huge. Mm. Here you go. Here you go. We made more for you. You may have. And yeah, all mean, the other benefits that you have with their games, like, you know, you want The Witcher 3 in HD. You, you got it. You don't have to pay again. Mm -hmm. 
yeah i mean they they do have a lot of of, of practices that get them in the good graces of a lot of people in games right but to circle this back to to crunch though that that's my point other than the shareholders trying to hit their numbers for this for this quarter and make those holiday sales because it's probably going to be the hottest game of, of, of christmas it's the hottest game there is right now it's all anyone's fucking talking about mm-hmm. um there's legitimately no real good reason why they had to fucking crunch as hard as they did you know what i'm saying so like the only counter argument to that that i could actually see right is to release the game now to like get some of their budget back right so they can keep shoveling in more money into keeping the game patched right Mm -hmm. to keep more money in the budget to continue to support the game that's the only like legitimate counter argument yeah i I guess i'm i'm asking myself you know like what what would have been different what would have been different if they had you know delayed for however many more months that they needed i have no idea what that might have been it might have been you know two it might have been six months I feel like the worst thing that would have happened is that the, you know, the subreddit would have just gotten more toxic and that's about it. God, that sub that subreddit, what a piece of that shit subreddit. Cesspool that place uh, is. I mean, I mean, you delay the game, they're going to be pissed. You put the game out and it's not finished. It's damned not, if you do, damned if you yeah. don't. So that is what I think is so interesting about this whole crunch situation is that Yes, if you delay a game, people will hate you. If you release a buggy game, people will hate you. It's but you know, at the end of the day, I think I side with that Shigeru Miyamoto quote. Uh, what is that like? A, de- a bad game is forever bad. A delayed game is at least kind of good. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so if it's if it's a phenomenal game as Cyberpunk has been purported to be, you're just going to forget about the delay associated with it and just be like, man, but it still holds up today or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's it makes me wonder why do we have to get into that position where you're stuck between the rock and a hard place of delaying a game or releasing it buggy right why not just not announce the release date until you're like pretty sure hey this is coming out and it's going to be good and it's going to be polished right because then marketing is itself creating the deadlines and that's probably not fair i doubt it's marketing just deciding on a whim eh, cyberpunk uh april 19 done deal it's right? my like, birthday i want yeah. it for my birthday yeah that, it's that's not it's not marketing that decides this it's definitely people above them but when you have to market that message and you have this humongous hype push like don't worry guys cyberpunk the best game of the year is going to be in your hands on april 19th you're setting up the people for disappointment mm-hmm. constantly screwing over the people that you might not work directly with but there's someone like oh did you see the release date is the 19th now and it's just like we're supposed to do what when what Mm -hmm. and then when you do that it creates a a system where they have to crunch the developers the coders they have to crunch to meet this absurd deadline you know because at that point it's the business setting the deadline and not project managers who can understand how long it would take something to come out so I really wonder if how much it was Warner Brothers that played a hand in the whole release fiasco. You know, Warner Brothers being the the people that published mm. this game. Um because I, to me that's the only conceivable way, you know, it's the people given a given CD project the the budget that are that are calling the shots in this release. That's like the only the only reasonable explanation to me. Otherwise, uh. I, I mean, CDPR would have went until it was done. If they had the money, assuming. Right. 
I so, blame capitalism because that's capitalism. what being a cyberpunk is all about. Are you a cyber Marxist now? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> I've I've gone beyond. <laughs> Yeah. I've graduated from capitalism. <laughs> and and to be fair, not not to mince words either, like to be fair, the game is done. Like you can play it from start to finish. It's done. It's just not polished. It's just buggy. It's yeah. broken. Mm-hmm. T-posing. Yeah. And not optimized. Pants on not consoles. happening. All right. So, we've talked about these two these two great, fantastic, wonderful games that have been crunched to hell to release right uh both of them let's recap a little bit both of them have been delayed one of them delayed a few more times than the other uh but when they released they were expected to be the biggest hotness one of them delivered in terms of polish and bug free and generally fine gameplay experience right Mm -hmm. whereas the other has a lot of funny glitches very distracting funny glitches it's kind of broken and on top of that it does not run arguably at all on playstation 4 and xbox one that being cyberpunk that that like don't play it on ps4 or xbox one just flat out don't which sucks but that's that's the that's the where cdpr put us right mm-hmm. so four out of ten ign four out of ten yeah uh but hey guys great good thing that the ps5 and xbox series x are so easy to get a hold of oh i mean oh yeah thank god everyone has not gonna be any problems with that no yeah definitely not a luxury item yeah so something i wanted to throw to you guys here do you think crunch is justified like does it inherently mean it's gonna be a better game if we crunch no (laughs) No. Bold bold statement. I'll back it up with gestures at Cyberpunk 2077 and then turns to gesture instead at Supergiant's Hades, which Mm. uh, I I believe I have it here. They had a pretty generous um, scheduling system where it was like, okay, there, there are a minimum of 20 days off per year, unlimited time off, and no emails sent out after 5 p.m. on Fridays. Super. That's so, so good. So good. Very, very nice uh, work environment, it sounds like. And that's a great game. That's a fantastic game. It's a beautiful game. It. Yeah, I wrote about the music for it like two weeks ago. It's so fucking good. Shameless plug. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, facts, I, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, so as I was saying before, the reason why games take so long and the reason why people crunch and the reason why people put so many fucking hours in is because of games that look the way that last of us part two does because of games like cyberpunk. Now Hades is a great game and I'm someone who believes that gameplay trumps everything else when it comes to video games. I think that's the most important thing. And Hades has that in spades. I love Hades to death. I love the art style. And I love the, I love that. I know that their devs didn't have to really crunch. They had, they worked with the generous schedule. However, if you're about to say something bad about Hades, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm not going (laughs) to say anything bad about Hades, but (laughs) the fact of the matter is Hades is not a triple a game. It is an indie game. Mm. And so when you get into the indie game space, you have 
a lot more factors playing into it. You have a bigger team. You have a project of a much larger scale that requires many more artists, many more designers and writers, just and a whole like crew of people to do mocap and do acting and voice acting. Like it, I mean, it's it's a it's a just a much bigger scaled production. Um, and with that, you're gonna have people that are working under strict 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 schedules, usually like we've been talking about, imposed by higher ups. Um, and it's just, it's naturally going to make them crunch when they're butting up against the headline, which sucks, which is awful. Um, and you, and you're also going to have to factor in those people that are going to, are willingly going to crunch that are willingly going to put in 60 hours because maybe they're on a roll or maybe they just don't care. They, that's like all they want to do. And that's their work ethic shining through their passion. Yeah. and, And those situations happen. Um, like, and sometimes they, they can be not great for the rest of the team. Like those people can make the other people feel like they need to work more. And that is negative. That mm-hmm. part shouldn't happen. How, like even Neil Druckmann has said that, like those people that want to keep working, we're not going to stop them from working. We're not going to guilt them into working and we're not going to make those people stay after five o'clock either. So all of that, that happens crunch wise is all like a peer sort of thing. Like I said, eyes dart across the room. Who's leaving at what time? You know, right. um, and so that's. I mean, in a AAA in- environment, it's just set up more to have crunch situations be more likely. Just for, it's just the way it's structured. For me, that seems to warrant then that there should even there there should be more. Uh systems put in place to avoid that or there should be more wiggle room because uh Mm -hmm. it's a big triple a studio that has a lot of experience with running games it's like you you can learn from the past and know that you're not going to make this mark or that mark or Mm. um most of the games that we've talked about too it kind of they're they're too big to fail almost in a sense Mm. um whereas i think you know, indie studios would have more of the worry that what if it we put in all this crunch and it just fails anyway? It's not a guaranteed right. bestseller. Whereas something like CD Projekt Red or Naughty Dog, it's like y'all are going to get paid either way. Yeah, too big to fail sort of thing. Right. And something I do want to say when it comes to money, specifically with crunch, because I mean, a, a big factor of of crunch is we need to meet this deadline. Like there is no time afterward or we don't have enough money to pay for these people to work an extra two weeks on this project. Right. Yeah, that's where shit gets really hairy. Well, that's where shit gets so fucking stupid because Bobby yeah. Kotick walked home with like, I don't know, a quadrillion dollars last year mm-hmm. you know there's what i mean no like there's so much there's literally no excuse if, especially if you're triple a because the games industry as a whole walks away with so much fucking money it, do you know why most ceos of most triple a companies aren't gamers because there's money billions of money involved right <laughs> billions of several money billions at least money, seven <laughs> yeah <laughs> There's at least seven billion money involved in the game industry, and that's. But that, well, what if I have no kids and three money? <laughs> well, so that's why you see a lot of CEOs like Bobby Kotick. Look, I'm not going to make character judgments about him. He's probably not a good person, but I doubt he's a big gamer. I've never seen him come out and even say like, "I like Mario." 
You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't <laughs> strike me as the kind of person who isn't in it for the games, but is in it for the money. So I don't want to fucking hear that there's no money for people to maybe spend a few extra weeks or months on that level or that game mechanic or that texture or that whatever, because there is. There absolutely is. Right? Yeah. And that's that's the scary part is... um if you i mean especially if you're working all those hours if you're not getting compensated that's a real issue it's like too. i like, signed that, on with the salaried is, position no matter how much i work yes. i'm still gonna get paid the same that they said that i was happens. going to at the beginning of the year exactly i signed on for a um i don't know a 60k salary and next thing you know you're working 60 70 hours a week and if you were getting paid 20 25 dollars an hour you'd be making much more than 60k a year right yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think it's so that's go ahead. I think Ailey. it's uh almost an irresponsible narrative to then be like, well, you know, um, then that's their choice if they're working the 60, 70, you know, and uh, extra hours. Um, they can go home anytime we want. It's it's on them, it's not us on us producers. We don't have producers, everyone's their own producer. When it's like you you know what's going to happen though. You, you're not you're not innocent in this. You're not naive enough to think that that's not going to be what happens. And it's on the the company itself to create systems like maybe no emails sent off after 5 p.m. on Fridays to keep some of that work life balance. I don't think that you can just right. uh, shove that off onto the employees themselves. Yeah, and it's and it's one thing too, right? If you're staying an hour or two over because like it wasn't until after lunch that you got on a roll with that creative thing that you were working on or whatever. No, that's, and that's you yeah. are getting comp and you are getting compensated hourly mm -hmm. um, because, and then you'll get time and help. Like good for you. You made some extra money that week. Ba bada bing, bada boom. But if you're someone who is, I mean, even if you're hour hourly, it's even worse though, if you're salaried and you're working 60 hours a week, and you're the one giving eyes to that person that's leaving at five o'clock every day who is also salaried and you're making them feel bad for not working and not getting paid, then you're the worst kind of person. Yeah, you should <laughs> probably just yeah. stop that. Yeah, <laughs> you are the worst. Yeah. Um, but but to Daly's point, though, you are right. There needs to be more systems in place to stop people from from working too much over like i think there there's like some studios that like hard like hard stop seven o'clock you have to get the fuck out of the office like no one's allowed to be in the office after seven o'clock yeah like, we send in go. a man with a gun you need to get oh out. my god you need, you need to leave to leave <laughs> yeah and or, or shit like that or like making sure that i mean i've i've also seen cases where people do decline taking salaried positions even though technically on paper it would pay them more they instead stick with their hourly paying job because they would actually make more money doing that what they already do um but then that that this gets into the whole conversation of i think the games industry should unionize even though that would be a very difficult thing to do but i think that would be one of the biggest ways that we can actually get rid of crunch like once and for all in the triple a space is we i think unionization is just that's just gonna have to happen right yep but absolutely a curve a curveball i do want to throw at you guys is so like yes crunch bad obviously Right. The only time it's good is when it's on a cereal. But nonetheless, because I think it'd be a fair statement to say because The Last of Us Part 2's development team crunched, it came out in a polished state. And the reason I feel a little confident in saying that is because when it went from a February release date 
to a May and then to a June. I'm pretty sure May was there. It might not have been. That might have been when we were getting news. I forget. But it eventually like, it was pushed back four months, right? Mm-hmm. When it came out. That delay doesn't just happen because, oh, we forgot about one or two things, especially when reports of crunch come out, right? Like for sure, crunch is the reason they made it to the quote unquote finish line of June 22nd, right? So did crunch succeed in that case? Did crunch make it a good game? And if so, what does that mean for the rest of the industry? You want to take this one daily? mm, Why couldn't it have been? It could still have been a good game if it came out in June of next year. And that's true. People still could have, you know, not not seen their spouses for weeks at a time. And yeah, everyone's individual uh, crunch is going to differ. Um, But I think the final product is still going to like be the final product it just matters when yeah and unfortunately that's what shareholders care a lot about is when we got to make a certain amount of money in our fiscal quarters and whatnot especially since this was the twilight year for the ps4 they needed a big that big exclusive to make them a lot of money that and goes to tsushima mm-hmm. two um, big exclusives within a month of each other mm-hmm. yeah um and i but the thing is like the I mean, crunch didn't necessarily work for all those people either. I mean, lest we forget, Naughty Dog has a 70% turnover rate. And they rely mostly on contractors to do a lot of their work. Yeah, which means a lot of the people who've worked on Last of Us 2 might not even have like that brand loyalty. Like, they're not even proud to be a Naughty Dog. I assume that's what they call it. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Naughty pooches. because, like, look, I've contracted and freelanced at a lot of places. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do work for those people. And I'm happy to continue to do work for those people in the future as well. But when you're a contractor or a freelancer, there is this weird social barrier of, like, oh, you're, I mean, you're not, like, really an employee here. I mean, you, like, you work here, but you you're going to be gone really on part of the team. X date. And even if you right. don't get extended or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, it's hard to feel ownership over whatever creative you're working on right Mm -hmm. and that could lead to less motivation necessarily like at some points right so i don't know it's it's kind of hard to look at naughty dog and be like if you have a 70 percent turnover rate work with a lot of contractors and then crack the whip and force them to work ludicrous hours to put out your zombie game Mm -hmm. i don't know it seems a little bit mean just a little mean. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in some cases, it's been well recorded that you can't rely on like, oh, well, you know, but I'll still have my name in the credits and, you know, I'll be compensated fairly when we have situations like originally, if you hadn't stuck out the entire span of production for Red Dead Redemption 2, you weren't going to get your name in the credits. Like you could have put in four mm-hmm. years, but those four years, you're, you're just not going to get credited for and it was only when there was yeah. a ruckus about it that they fixed that. Well, right. and the ironic thing about that, too, is like Naughty Dog can easily get people in the door right now because they're Naughty Dog. Mm. Right. Like people want to work at Naughty Dog because it's Naughty Dog. And guess what? When your contract's up, you have Naughty Dog on your resume now. And other employers are going to see that and be like, oh, shit, he worked at Naughty Dog. He did the Crash Bandicoot. 
Yeah. Um, More like he, did, he did the Crash Bandicoot Uncharted. Bandicoot. Cru- oh, I yeah. get it. That's that's his uh, secret third brother. Yeah, but I think that's to demotivate that you know because if if someone gets in there and next thing you know they have to work sixty hour weeks and they're like I can't handle this shit then next thing you know their name's not in the credits <laughs> even though they went there to get their name get the naughty dog name on their resume. Okay, hold on. It's I not have worth to it. This. Uh. I'm pretty sure doesn't Crash Bandicoot actually have a brother named Crunch? Wait. <laughs> Crunch Bandicoot? I want to say he does. And Crunch Bandicoot. Crunch Bandicoot. Okay, Bandicoot. Wait, this is a thing. Munch Bandicoot. It's, there's, it's Crunch Bandicoot. Crunch Bandicoot's a real <laughs> Yep, Crunch He's Bandicoot's a real, a real thing. Character. Wow. He's the buff boy. So, so it's been since Naughty Dog started, they need Crunch has been part of their language. It's been in the culture. <laughs> Jeez. Crunch Bandicoot. Oh no. Okay, oh, so boy. I guess I guess, you know, everyone knows what they're getting into, obviously. Because mm-hmm. Naughty Bandicoots. Dog, Crunch, Bandicoots, exactly. You you know what you're getting mm-hmm. into when you sign up there. So but then to flip it, right, to put it on the cyberpunk table, right? They also crunched probably multiple times throughout the year because of the multiple delays, right? Which shows a level of mismanagement in terms of not knowing the expectations of when this will be quote unquote ready for market. So what's the solution there? If like, is it just, oh, if they crunched harder, it would have been a better game. You should have just worked harder. Yeah. Should have just worked 100 hours this week. What are you guys doing? How shitty is that? Yeah. I mean, just... Just give them more time. They should have just been like, hey, guys, it's a PS5 and Series X game now. Like, we're going to take a few more months, get that off of those consoles. D- done. Yeah. It's still going to sell like fuck. It's still going to sell like crazy. Like. I'm under the impression that there, there was there was a lot of, you know, quote unquote, you know, blunders or bad press that Cyberpunk could have withstood and still had a again. I'm still going to have played it. Most people are still going to have played it. I I feel like they felt like they needed to play safer, that they only had so much social credit uh, to fuck up before the gamers would turn against them. But now, I guess, yeah, the gamers have turned against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just honestly troll through r slash cyberpunk game for a little bit. God. If you feel, put on your hazmat suit first. Your cyber hazmat suit. Stay safe. But, yeah, because again, like that's a subreddit that should be dedicated to the celebration of everything good about cyberpunk. And it was. Those, those, even those folks are trashing this game a bit. A lot. A lot. Quite a bit. Yeah. I, so, I, I, as an anecdote, remember, guys, remember Kingdom Hearts 3? Unfortunately. You'll have to when remind me about it, though. Ah, yeah. You don't hear me say that game. Kingdom Hearts 3 was in development for who God knows how long. 14 years it took to come out after the release of Kingdom Hearts 2. I don't know how long they were actually developing the game, but I do know that Kingdom Hearts 3 was originally planned to be a PS3 game. That's mm-hmm. how long it was in development. Right. Um, some some and, would say the development wasn't quite simple and clean. Ah, uh, um, but obviously at some point down the line, they're like, this is either taking too long or the scale is too big. We want to do too much with it. We're going to make it into a PS4 game. And so that's what they did. 
people still had patience. People still waited. Granted, we were getting some ancillary fucking spinoff Kingdom Hearts games that were still important to play for some god awful reason. But that's another podcast for another time. Um, people waited. The game came out, and it still sold pretty damn well. And people waited all through that whole transition. They switched game engines and everything, re- remade the game from the ground up. And I don't know. I don't know if those devs crunched, but they took plenty of time to make the game, and they still got it out. And it didn't, you know, it wasn't delayed a million times and it didn't come out all buggy and shit. So I I, don't know. I would say some food for thought for that point. Uh, This is half joke, but also if you know, you know, you're a real one. If you know, if if you bought Kingdom Hearts three, you are a victim of Tetsuya Nomura. You know, at at that point, it's Stockholm syndrome. You don't like it anymore, but you have to know. I gotta know. And that's probably that's probably why you bought Kingdom Hearts three. No matter Listen, how good the game, out. how good the game is, is another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think it's a fine game, but I just I, I feel like now King, like Kingdom Hearts four. Most people aren't really buying it anymore for the oh, it's like Disney, but not people are buying it because I need to know what the Master of Masters is. I need to know what all these Keyblades are about and the Kai Blade and what happened to Sora at the end. Like you know, that's that's the just, Kingdom Hearts I, train. We got to see this this. I'm in it for through, Goofy. That's basically what it comes down to. A yeah. Goofy does die in the second one. A yuck. <laughs> goofy! Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, but jokes aside, yeah, like, you're right at that point that some, like, people were still invested enough in Kingdom Hearts 3 to wait and wait and wait until they got the game, right? Until they got Kingdom Hearts 2.9 that turned into 3. Right. Again, um, we did though we did get a million and one spin-offs and that that continued to show their shareholders that they the Kingdom Hearts can still sell, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that it's not a one-to-one comparison. Right. But, and we also don't know offhand right now if the Kingdom Hearts 3 developers crunched, right? Yeah. No, there's a lot but, of variable there. Right. But with something like Cyberpunk, I'm willing to bet that if we had lived in an alternate timeline, which I would love cuz really anything besides this please. 2020 <laughs> timeline would have been great. Um but if we had all lived in an alternate timeline where it's like initially, yeah, it's coming out in April. And then in, in February, they said, hey, guys, sorry, we're going to need a delay. We don't know when we're going to come out now, but it's something we have to do. It'll come out when it's ready, you know, when it's ready. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we just waited. Summer 2021 could, or something. We could, could you imagine. Yeah. Could you imagine E3 2021? Like, let's assume, you know. COVID's done and we actually have an in-person event and either Microsoft or so- well, Sony's probably not going to be at E3, but like Microsoft buys the rights to show off like the launch trailer for Cyberpunk 2077. Keanu's back. He's still breathtaking and the game's going to be in your hands August 2021 and it's polished and the discussion doesn't have to be how many T poses have you found, right? It's is the story good? Is the story bad? What do you think of the gameplay? Do you like the guns? Do you hate the guns? You know, yeah. we can talk about this stuff because then it's a polished, finished product. Yeah, people... That hopefully wasn't made by Crunch. It, it would have served everyone better. It would have served the players. It would have served the developers much better if we we could just be talking about the game purely on the merit of the game gameplay and the story and the world that was built in night city instead of i haven't been able to run it have you been able to run it i killed an npc and they turned into a patio set 
Yeah. The game crashed on me twice last night. Nice. It's crashed on me twice so far. One hard crash where my PC had to like reboot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. That I'm all I'm trying to say by the whole Kingdom Hearts 3 point is like gamers are willing to wait, man. Like we're like there's no need to make gamers crunch. So what hmm. patience over crunch. gamers developers Patience developers. over crunch. Make the gamers do it if they want it so yeah, make bad. Make the gamers crunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give, make, it, make give the, it to them. <laughs> yeah, make the gamers crunch. Yeah, so I again, the only I know we've hit, the, hit on this already, but the only conceivable explanation is somebody need needed to make money. All right. Yeah. Somebody somebody needed the money. Right. And and I guess I want to want to close out this entire discussion just by saying, you know, we aren't the be all end all. If if we're for some reason the first time you've heard of crunch in the games industry i do encourage you to look out there read people's testimonials read people's stories right but then also consider there are probably a million and one factors that go into why a studio crunches toward that final deadline right because mm. shareholders are a big thing when we're talking billions of dollars those decisions are hopefully not made lightly unless they're an idiot like the 40s fifth president of the united the the orange one um, <laughs> yes that one <laughs> yeah yeah the cheeto guy cheeto man um so there, there's probably a lot of factors that go into crunch but i think undeniably at its core what you're still choosing is the chance to make more money over the happiness of, of a single human being let alone a team of hundreds of human beings yep yeah Sorry, y'all. Which do, which doesn't matter when you rely on contractors and humans are disposable. Woo! Cyberpunk. <laughs> Human, disposable humans. <laughs> the title screen just starts right then. This podcast has been just the prelude the entire time. Yeah. I, you know, I, I talk about this shit, but then, like, I, Naughty Dog gives me a job, and I'm just like, well... I love Naughty Dog now, guys. <laughs> Whoa. Crunch Bandicoot's my favorite Bandicoot. Mm, yeah, yes. I'll let you know how many Nestle Crunch bars they give me. Nice. Um, but yeah, that wraps us up. That's our last episode of the year, which is wild. Uh, 2020 Good is over. Fucking riddance. 2020. <laughs> thank, thank, Fuck thank you. God. <laughs> walking backwards <laughs> into hell. Yeah. Flipping off 2020. You know what my New Year's resolution is, guys? How are we doing this? Yeah. Get people off this whole fucking Nestle Crunch train and onto the Hershey's Crackle train because it's so much better than Nestle. It tastes so much better. It's better Nestle's chocolate. A, Nestle's a bad company, y'all. Mm-hmm. And also, Nestle takes just water and packages it, packages it and sells it. They just, the take, they just take tap corpos. <laughs> I mean, if you describe it that, I mean, like Aquafina does the same thing. Yeah, but like <laughs> Nestle does it and it's just tap water. Yeah. Fuck bottled and, water. Yeah. Y- y'all yeah, remember, Fe- water y'all remember Fiji He's water? Evil. Yeah. Yeah. The pe- and, yeah. Yep. Fancy like, they, they bullshit. Bragged, well, it's funny. They bragged about how their water is better than everyone else's. And then I think it was like Cincinnati or some like local city tested their tap water versus Fiji water and found more shit in Fiji water than than the tap water. So get fucked, Fiji. There's something in the water, y'all. Same. Yeah, but also, like, Voss water is great. I'm not gonna lie. I really like Voss. 
there you go yeah it tastes just like water yeah it tastes just like the rock because the rock drinks Voss because he has like a majority stake or some shit in that company now oh, I don't so know it's like his sweat <laughs> drink like the rock oh that implies he drinks his own sweat gross uh, so that's the energy we're leaving this year with uh, we hope you enjoy your new years it's definitely a weird one all around the world except for the few places where uh you're actually COVID free. Congratulations, Australia. Congratulations, New Zealand. You did it. You beat you beat this stupid virus that America doesn't give a shit about for some stupid reason. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you found us this year, you know, I mean, we only just started. This is like our 14th episode, right? We've only been doing this for a few months now. But if you found us this year and you've been enjoying what we do, really, we appreciate it. You know, we. Thank you just for hearing what three, three people who think they're smart want to say on the internet. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We're, we're, we're just to we're trying to tell you we're pseudo intellectuals. <laughs> as, as I sip my, uh, my cafe au lait in the cafe. You podcast from a cafe? Uh, do you not? You oh, fake intellectual? I just hush everyone around me constantly. <laughs> Listen, shut, I had people, shut up, guys. Shut up. I'm podcasting. I legitimately had a I had a group of dudes come into the bar I worked at and podcasted at one of our tables when it was like busy. I mean, to be fair, Colin, you and I have podcasted while you were driving a car for two hours. So like, yeah, but a car isn't a fucking busy bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a loud engine on wheels. Broadcast um, live from our minivan. This has been everything in Potteration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think Stevo does that actually. <laughs> well, there you go. But yeah, no, thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you stick around for 2021. Hopefully, our 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 content will be just as f- fun, engaging. Uh, <laughs> I I'm loving this confidence right now. <laughs> um, Maybe I don't terrible. know if I go that far. <laughs> yeah that's Ooh. probably a good that's a good base everything in moderation tolerable tolerable <laughs> yeah very very mediocre very middling yeah they're so middle of the ground you know yeah um, but thank you for listening and hey if you want to follow us on all of our socials and our youtube all that's down below uh and you know leave us a comment let us know what's your new year resolution for 2021 is it to to crunch more because i hope it's not but let us know comments below email us isn't everything in pod at gmail.com that's it it's in our description you can see yeah. it you can read it happy new year <laughs> happy new year happy new year this has been everything in moderation thank you Bye. everybody love you let's crunch more crackle